1: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I
2: pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Its words will I hide in my heart that I might not sin. Against God. Don't
1: you know that I believe, I believe I believe in the word of God Yeah, yeah I believe, I believe he made me believe.
2: I believe Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program We are your hosts, Joe and Matthew Uh, wow um, boy, have we got some things to talk about tonight. So I'm just going to pass this plate to Joe and uh, get his take on it and why we're even doing this. Because this is Joe's idea. So, Joe, what say you?
3: What say me? Um, goodness. Uh, this is something that's that's been on my melon uh, ever since, uh, I think well through the bible and and through your work as well um discovering coming earth changes that uh no one else talks about nobody else wants to talk about it it's it's when when i've looked personally when i've looked personally um uh, other platforms if you will it's always allegorical uh you know isaiah 24 or uh other such verses um that describe something that is almost indescribable um, it's 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 almost that that thing that nobody wants to talk about because if it's if it's true then then holy you know you're just oh, oh my gosh kind of moment and it's one of those things that when you look at it you you literally have to believe it you have to deal with it you have to come to grips with it and you have to believe what God's telling you and realize that, that yes, uh, everything that he says uh, is going to take place. The earth is literally going to go back to a zero-degree axis, and when that happens, everything is going to change uh, dimensions. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that how do you describe all this? How do you get this message across and not... Uh, have everyone uh, running for the hills so I guess I thought that's why we should uh, kind of talk about this
2: boy um, boy that's that's an understatement um, why doesn't anybody want to talk about this Joe that, that is a very good question uh, it looks like that our live stream is about to get interesting um, uh, John wants to join So, we're going to. Let's see how to do that. We'll go back. We'll go to call. Add. um, John. um, Let's cross our fingers, okay, Uh, Joe? Let's uh, hope that we can do this. Okay, so he should be being called right now. Uh, So. This is a magnificently important topic, that why is it that these things are not talked about? So, John McAllen is joined us from Australia, good day, boys. Uh, it is good to get you in the saddle pre-tomorrow morning. Of course, for you, it's the evening we're going to be riding, but um, yeah. John, let me ask you the same question. I mean, you've just missed a few minutes here, so, so you're really fresh in the saddle. Um, what's your views on the earth changes that are coming, they're all over the Bible Um, the earth is not going to be any way uh, that it is right now, I mean God gives us plenty of details that the earth is literally going to change for the thousand years of Christ, why does nobody talk about it John, is it is it an anathema to them what's your thoughts
1: I think for most I think for most them, it's outside the scope of their biblical view. I don't think it gets on their radar, mostly, Matthew. Well,
2: that, um, that is a I real really
1: shame. Don't. Yeah. Can I offer this? I think the reason it doesn't is that because um, it doesn't fit well into lifestyle preaching hard to preach lifestyle preaching when um, the heavens and the earth are going to be renovated by fire etc you know you're they misunderstand I think a lot of the time and bringing comfort to believers isn't telling them what they want to hear it's telling them what they need to hear from the scriptures you know and I think that that's a big deal at least in the circles that I've moved in most people's eschatology doesn't go much further than really hoping that there's a pre-tribulation rapture once you get past that, whatever else happens after that they're not worried about or not interested in because well they'll be with God and it'll get sorted out.
2: Well that that's exactly so, that's exactly true, John. It's like well, for one, they they we have to be very clear with with what we're saying here. There is emphatically a relocation event. So the real problem here is not the Alagosmothea. It's, it's not that. We're going to be changed, but they think they're going to heaven to be with God the Father, and so who cares? And even if that's true, uh-huh. even if that would be true, which it's not true, but if that would be true, um, they're still told that whoever is not located on planet Earth, they will come back with Jesus, right? So I don't get it. They still ignore it, even though they say that, yeah, they're going to be here for the thousand-year reign of Christ, they have to because they return, right, John, or not?
1: That's, that, that, that's generally it. That's, that's, that's pretty accurate. I mean, it's hard to put everybody in the one boat. However, they're certainly uh, rowing down the same creek when it comes to what you're talking about. So,
2: You know, yeah. let's let's talk about this, ladies and gentlemen. know, Joe and I have talked about this this privately a few times. I don't know if we've ever talked about it publicly, he and I. But this is what the Bible states. Now, I'm going to give you three references right here, and you don't have to like it. And I truly am sorry about that, but we're going to read here um, some verses that says there's not going to be any more oceans.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Now, you don't have to like it but that's what God says so they're going to go somewhere and the reason why he's going to tell you this now I want you to take a deep breath you all know something I'm getting ready to say so let me just put this out I'm going to ask Joe first Joe
1: Mm -hmm.
2: when it comes to the millennial kingdom and the temple mount is there anything supposed to be happening with a, a body of water that flows out of the temple mount yes or no yes Okay, so you, you you willingly admit that this is common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, John, uh, what say you? Do you have any knowledge, eschatologically speaking, of any water source associated with the uh, millennial temple?
1: Well, yes. But it's only the millennial te- temple that I've ever read.
2: Okay, so it's it's not in any other temple that this this issue... It's going to come forth And and God is really clear I mean I can quote these scriptures off the top of my head John Literally he says that from underneath that temple Is going to flow fresh water And from this what? fresh water All water that strikes it Will be made fresh right
0: That's
2: okay, mm-hmm. just, just what it says So I want everybody to take a deep breath Because I'm going to tell you why God's going to come right out And tell you why But if you don't believe it, you're going to have a hard trouble with it, but you need to understand this, and you need to believe this in your heart before I tell you these verses. The Lord your God only mentions one freshwater spring on the entire planet in the new millennial uh, kingdom. Now, if you've never heard of that, that means you have never read Zechariah, you have never read Ezekiel, you couldn't have. You could not have read those those prophetic texts. So let me give you the four verses as to why he does that. Uh, Psalm 33 and verse 7. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Okay, take a deep breath. Do you believe what he just said? Do you believe he's capable of doing that? Yeah. Because he just said he's going to pile them up and then he's going to put them in storehouses. That's what he said. He's literally describing on a much grander scale what happened during the New Madrid earthquake. Now you can please look this up. Just look this up just for a little while. Look up New Madrid earthquake and Mississippi River flows backwards. Now that's a real event. I went to the secured level in the Indianapolis Public Library, you had to hand over your driver's license just to get to these files. And I read the personal diaries of what happened during that earthquake. So, I can assure you, it was real. So, God is saying he's going to do this on a grandiose global scale. So, let's see what Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 2 states about it. Why was there no man when I came? Let's, let's take pause. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you with all my heart and that's that, That's why the three of us are up here trying to tell you what is to come. And I'm here to tell you, yes, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. There is no doubt to that. But He's not going to come until God sends Him and God comes first. Now look, you need to do a personal Bible study on the day of the Lord. You all know it, just for some reason, due to a pre-tribulation event you've you've studied, you've dislocated the great day of the Lord with something else. So, literally God just told you, He's getting ready to tell you what it is that's made Him so mad. So, so please, please, I beg of you, believe and what I this verse says.
1: Say that again, because it's you put it really well. It said dislocated the day of the Lord. You have something else. You That's have really well. Put.
2: You have dislocated the day of the Lord due to the study of a pre-tribulation event. I'm not going to name that vent event because it is nameless. Because mm. I'm sorry, John, and I'm sorry, Joe. I love you both with all my heart but I'm not going to lie to you that word's not in the Bible
1: yeah we know it
2: so so let's finish this verse but just please believe ladies and gentlemen this is the God your father and he really is coming and when he gets here he finds no one that's come to him so, so please listen I'll read it straight through or I will try Because I am led by the Holy Spirit, and sometimes God's word will provoke me, and I'll have to stop. So I'm going to try to read it through. It's just just one verse. So, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 2. Why was there no man when I came? When I called, why was there no answer? Is my hand too short that it cannot ransom? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, I dry up the sea with my rebuke. I make the rivers as a wilderness. Their fish stink for lack of water and die of thirst. Ladies and gentlemen, you can take that to the bank. The Lord your God is going to do exactly that. And Just to make sure that his children understood that he wasn't playing word games, he lets you know. By the way, if you're going to think up some flight of fantasy... I'm gonna put the period at the end of the sentence just so you know what I'm talking about the fish is gonna die yeah okay so there's no question about what he's talking about just none let's go to Nahum the first chapter and the fourth verse he rebukes the sea and makes it dry he dries up all the rivers Bashan and Carmel wither the blossoms of Lebanon wither okay just so you know. The reference to these three locations, one of them, of course, is the mighty cedars of Lebanon. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: He's letting you know, the ground moisture has went to zero. I assure you, those huge cedars of Lebanon have very deep roots. Okay? So when he says he, he gathers up all the water, Letting you know, that's exactly what he means. All the moisture is going to be redist- redistributed. Okay, let's read Isaiah chapter nineteen, verse five. The waters from the sea will dry up, and the river will be parched and dry. What part of that didn't you believe, Joe?
3: What part did I not believe?
2: Yeah, what part didn't you believe? <laughs>
3: There's no part that I did not believe
2: Okay, so if this being the case All that water had to be put somewhere And God comes out Literally Lord have mercy An entire section Of Ezekiel is dedicated To this landscape
1: Yes, it is, that's correct
2: And all this water creates A blister under the Temple Mount You can take this to the bank This is what the Word of God says that he gives you two location names. The southern location we don't know, but the northern location we do know, and it's about four and a half miles from the Temple Mount. He says he's going to raise the entire plateau up. It's going to become a raised mountain, and it's going to do that because of this issue of water. Don't you realize what he's saying? There's so much water in the crust of the earth, it blisters out, it oozes out from the Temple Mount. That's what it is. And when it comes out, it of course has been supernaturally and super physically filtered of all saline. Yeah. The descriptions are quite clear. It comes out fresh water. I, I I'm not lying to you. Please read the chapters involved. Now I know sometimes I get
3: step into the world of power loyalty.
2: You know, I go off on these diatribes and, you know, the brothers sit here real quietly, well, act like an idiot. So I want to thank both John and Joe for being patient. Um, Joe, uh, what say you? Um,
3: <laughs> that's, I mean, stated, uh, so yeah, I don't have any issue with what what was what was uh, stated at all. So, um Yeah, I'm well, I'm not going
2: to Okay. All right.
3: They 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 have they have such a hard time with this. I'm not going to go into because the, this this has everything to do with the heavens as well.
0: It's as worth yes, keeping it does. up
3: and I don't want to I don't want to go into that at the moment. Um but that that has everything to do with the verses that you, you know one is specific specific it just always hits me of what he's talking about on on both well as above right. so below so to speak um
2: yes yeah, but
3: this is one of those this is one of those things that you know the things that that normally uh you know you and i have talked in private and it's disturbing to me that that this is called uh well it's, it's, it's almost called a lie or it's called I'm trying to think of the word I just, it just escaped me I had it a second ago but um, basically it's it's looked at as a large earthquake or just you know I, I think I think some of the descriptions have been given is, is, is a you know a, a 19 or something on the Richter scale right and and this isn't what God's saying at all this is <laughs> this is this is actually him redesigning the footstool yeah and um, it's
2: so John, what say you
1: i think I think we're on the same page. I mean, there have been many sources of spiritual information in the world, but there's only one source of truth, spiritually speaking, and what he's doing here, that water which right throughout the scriptures, it speaks of. It speaks of truth, of the, the Memhayim, the living water, etc. Here, he's closing up every source of water that there is. far one, and that one, like I said, it springs forth. It feeds from from the mountain of God, and it says it goes to the, goes both ways. It goes in and it goes out to the hinder to the sea on the hinder part, and to the other one. But there's only one source of it, and it's going to collect somewhere so whatever's left whatever is there once the Lord has um, done his remodeling or finished his remodeling there's only one source of that and at the very beginning the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters well there was only one source of that at the beginning even though it's not necessarily perfectly the same thing typologically it fits there's one source at the beginning and the Father manipulated what he had created in order to bring an outcome that suited his creative intent. And so he separated the waters from the dry land, et cetera, et cetera. This way it's almost a reversal. It's almost like he's separating the dry land from the waters.
2: Man, that's good but stuff. But he does,
1: he does feed the waters again. There is water, but there's one source of it, and it is truly that Mem Haim, the living water, spoken of in the Old Testament, all the way through it, the ashes of the red heifer had to be had to be mingled with the mem Haim, Otherwise, there was no capacity to sanctify that which needed to be sanctified. Correct. So, once oh, again, we have we have the mem Haim flowing forth, and that mem Haim is actually living water flowing from the actual place of the literal throne of the Messiah, and oh. so the figurative work that it did or did actual work, but the figure that that work spoke of in the Old Testament gets fulfilled in the actual work of that in the New Testament. And so you were saying before about there will be no salt, the water will be purified, cleansed, clarified, etc., etc., etc. That is the outcome of that purifying work, and it was the Mem Haim in the ashes of the red heifer that achieved that in the Old Testament in a shadow of what's about to happened from the throne in the New Testament from the, the Mount of God.
2: <laughs> That's good stuff right there. Amen. Amen. That that yeah. was a good way to look at it. Um, you're right, because Christ's throne is the pivot point between God's throne in heaven and, well, His throne on earth. Uh, wow, I could talk all day about that. Um yeah. Joe, why don't we uh, why don't we read some scripture, Joe? Why don't you uh, go on over to Ezekiel forty-seven and read the first twelve verses, if you can. If not, I will. What what say you? Do you want to read it, or do you want me to?
3: Yeah, give me one second.
2: Okay, so we're going to take a look at this. Um, it just just John just provoked me. The more he said it, the more I'm just like, you know what we we need to read it to make sure to make sure. That all of the God-fearing, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching Christians understand what has come out of John's mouth. So, as Joe reads this, you can take this to the bank. Literally, fantastic details are given here as to how it's going to be. So, Joe, please read the first 12 verses of Ezekiel, the 47th chapter, please.
3: Okay, this is the uh, NASB 95. Then he brought me back to the door of the house and behold water was flowing from under the threshold of the of the house toward the east for the house faced east and the waters was and the water was flowing down from under from the right side of the house from south of the altar he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around On the outside of the outer gate, by the way of the gate that faces east, and behold, water was trickling from the south side. When the man went toward the east, with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he led me through the water, water reaching the ankles. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the knees." again he measured a thousand and led me through the water water reaching the loins again he measured a thousand and it was a river that i could not ford for the water had risen enough water to swim in a river that could not be forded. he said to me son of man have you seen this then he brought me back to the bank of the river Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river there were very many trees on one side and on the other. Then he said to me, These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down to Arabeth. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea, and the waters of the sea became flesh. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in plate in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be many fish. For these waters go for these waters go there and the others. Become fresh so everything will live where the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will send it beside sit let me start that over. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it. From England from Ingeti. In, Gedi? in Gedi, I'm sorry.
1: To hang hey, you're not getting into British Israel, Joe, are you?
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't
1: even
3: funny. That was good. <laughs> in Glim. Uh all right.
2: There will be uh, there a will place
3: for for the spreading of the nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, very many. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will, they will be left for salt. By the river on its banks, on one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail they will bear every month because, they're, because their water flows from the sanctuary, and their fruit will be food and their leaves for healing. There
1: you
2: go. Okay. That's the way it's going to be. It's not going to be any other way. That's the way it's going to be. And you take note that he would measure off a thousand cubics and then try to walk through it. And this is because this was a freshwater spring. It the Temple Mount was just the beginning of it. This entire slope, you have to realize this whole plateau is going to be raised by the time it gets to the base of that plateau. It's that whole blister that's, that's oozing water. You understand? He is describing what can only be a freshwater spring. And it doesn't have one hole. It is seeping through a long tear that stretches east and west of the Temple Mount that's what he just said There's. N- ask any geologist they'll tell you what he just said so John I take it you're getting ready to sign off so what's your initial thoughts off what Ezekiel chapter 47 the first 12 verses had to say
1: um, well to tell the truth there might not be much more to say than what you've already said about that Matthew I, I'm looking at I was actually looking at a few more verses back there in um, Isaiah nineteen, which followed on oh, from verse five. Sure, but sure. But they were the reversal. No, 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 that's cool. They are basically the Lord clearing everything else out in order to do the work spoken of right here. But I, I know that there's because of uh, the ways people understand other parts in the Scripture, it's hard for people to wrap their head around a a literal view of some of the things the Lord talks about in these last eight chapters of Ezekiel or nine chapters. And because I think people get themselves in trouble, they allegorize indiscriminately. And what that ends up leaving you with is uncertainty when something is a little bit, um, in, 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 from a human perspective, a little bit crazy, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They find it difficult to find, to work out whether or not, oh, should we allegorize this or should we take it just simply as written? And so they end up doing themselves a disservice. And in passages like this, the simplicity of it gets missed. He just told us really plainly, this is like reading a running sheet of what God has planned. This is like um, going to a concert and you receive the program so you know who's coming on next, and that's what he's doing for us here in Ezekiel forty-seven. It's just like the program when you go to a concert; you know what's coming up.
2: Man, that's a that's, that's a very doing. that's that's a very good way, and and that applies to anything. Just uh, just like a lot of these modern weddings will have the same thing.
1: Um, yeah, uh, hey,
2: you know, you'll have, listen, you'll have guys speci-
1: love you. Got a bolt.
2: Okay, all right, John. Um, God bless. God speed, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. will see you tomorrow morning.
1: Amen. Thanks, John. I'll see you this evening. I love you, John. (laughs) Bless you, bro. I love you too. Bye-bye.
2: All right. There goes John McAllen from Australia. We're going to uh, get together for. uh, He seems to be obsessed with Psalm 76, uh, the riddling of the Assyrian folks' prophet. Uh, So talk to him tonight. And of course, that'll be his tomorrow, or will be his tomorrow night so remember there's a day difference there so that's going to be 7.30 in the morning tomorrow morning before I get off to church um, so please tune in for that I'm not sure how John wants to do that um, if he wants to do Google Meets you can certainly join us Google Meets uh, or it might be here on Spreaker I'm not sure which he prefers um, so please look for that like I said that'll be coming tomorrow at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, You know, Joe, (laughs) um, you know, this is just one thing that that we've talked about. Let's let's do this. I am going to uh, talk about something, ladies and gentlemen, that's probably going to disturb you. Okay? Because God doesn't have a problem coming right out and telling you how it's going to be okay so uh, I'm going to read from my uh, upcoming book uh, Tower Erectus I'm just going to read a little bit and um, I'm going to get Joe's comments on it because uh, here again just just like this issue of fresh water from uh, Christ's throne he really does come right out and tell you and he expects you to know what's going on he really does expect you to know so Anyway, uh, this from the forthcoming book, uh, *Terra Erectus. When it comes to the measurements and measuring instruments in the Bible, Ezekiel's temple stands alone. Starting in chapter 40, Ezekiel is taken to the land of Israel in a vision and given detailed plans to the third and final millennial temple. It is from this temple that Jesus, the returned and triumphant Christ, will rule from for a thousand years. The entire layout, not only of the temple itself, but also of the temple mount, is given via a measuring reed or rod, comprised of six units of links called cubits. The cubit was an ancient measure, much like a yardstick or meter stick, and was approximated off of the one-three-five ratio. This ratio utilizes the width of a man's hand as the base measure. The ratio was achieved by there being three hand breadths in a foot and five hand breadths in the forearm length. The forearm length or cubit was determined by measuring the tip of the middle finger to the bottom of the elbow. Ezekiel chapter 40 and verse 5 And behold, there was a wall on the outside of the temple all around. In the man's hand was a measuring rod of six cubits, each of which was a cubit and a handbreadth. So he measured the thickness of the wall, one rod, and the height, one rod. For the purpose of this temple, however, the royal cubit... With lucky
0: landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: But was
2: used. This type of cubit added an additional hand to the length. It is confirmed in chapter 43 as well. Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 13. These are the measurements of the altar by cubits. The cubit being a cubit and a hand breath. The base shall be a cubit and the width a cubit and its border on its edge round about one span. This shall be the height of the base of the altar. Now, I'm going to stop reading right there because you need to understand what God comes right out and says in the book of Ezekiel. He literally comes out and tells you that it is the place of His feet. And He's literally just telling you that the 1-3-5 ratio has been increased by one hand breath. He literally just told you that His footstool, the earth was going to be increased by one-fifth. Everybody's probably sitting there just stunned, thinking to themselves, what did God just say? Yeah. Literally speaking, He came right out and told you. Okay, just for confirmation, let's read Ezekiel chapter 43 and verse 7. He said to me, Son of man... This is the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell among the sons of Israel forever. And the house of Israel will again defile my holy name. Neither they nor their kings by their harlotry and by the corpses of their kings when they die. He literally just come out and told you. Let me state it again, just so. Once again, just like the dead fish, he's making sure you know exactly what he's talking about. I'll quote again. He said, This is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet. This is the whole reason why, in both verses I told you, he gave the instructions to increase the size of the soles of his feet by one handbreadth. Now let me go through this again. This is attestable in all knowns of science. Archaeology, written documents. we found these cubits. We know how what, what the length is, by the way. Remember, the cubit was based off the one three five ratio. One hand breadth. There were three hand breadths in the sole of the feet. There were five hand breadths in the link from the tip of the elbow to the middle finger and he literally just told you to add a hand breadth to that dimension so whether you like it or not God just said he was going to increase the size of his footstool by one fifth now Let me just pass that back off to Joe. Joe, you're Mike. What say you? Mm. Well, I,
3: I don't have a problem with that. That's, um, that's exactly what he says he's going to do. And, and you have been given all the measurements. You've been given everything to, to know uh, beforehand. What his impact is going to do um, To this earth To this planet To our dwelling place That it increases in one fifth And this is This is actually quite a beautiful thing And I think John McAllen Really stated it quite well too Of, of saying it's, it's Well a shadow or, or a reversal of, of what was done or where we're at today, let's just say. So going Hello? forward, you know, um, it's, yeah, I can, I can see where, where you would want to not touch this, you know, and <laughs> say it's i I can, I can, I can see that. But it's, it's like I said earlier, it's one of those things that you just have to accept and you have to, you have to take God at his word because this is this is actually a really good thing because he's telling you well, well, well in advance of what's gonna happen.
2: Okay, I'm gonna throw a couple of verses at you here, all right. Now okay. I want you to promise me Well, you know what, I just need to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Do you believe the Bible's true? Yes. Okay, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to read a couple of verses here, and they're going to be hard for you to digest. They really are. They're going to be hard for you to digest. Psalms chapter 46, verse 6. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice. The earth melted. Okay, just in case you didn't believe that one. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Joe, do you know of any geological mechanism that would not only uh, rectify these verses, but literally describe them to a perfect T? Do you know of any geological process like that?
3: You mean as far as uh, uh, melting as wax? Um, yeah. The, the, yeah. The only thing that, that comes to my mind is uh lip refraction. But, Describe
2: uh, I mean, that for me.
3: Liquefraction, liquefraction is basically... Um, it, it would be such a... It's the harmonics of an earthquake that cause liquefraction. It's it's that vibration or that frequency that causes the, the ground to vibrate and it literally it breaks up the soil and it causes it almost to move up like liquid.
2: So you're saying that this actually happens this isn't a i mean this isn't a pipe dream you're you're actually describing a geological process here it's
3: Absolutely. literally cold
2: so this has happened before we've got record of it
3: we have tons of record
2: so so describe to me the times of things that happen with this liquid fraction what what are some examples some pictures you can get that would depict this type of thing
3: uh, uh historically um uh, I don't know. I don't have an earthquake coming to mind. Um, realistically, I, I mean, I, I think I sent you. Oh gosh, you can just go on YouTube, and well, I know they have documentaries on all the that well, refraction
2: that's well, happened
3: in the past. So,
2: well, the pictures that you see, what's happened? It are the trees upside down. What's what? What happens in these pictures?
3: Um, I mean, buildings will fall over. Trees will fall over. Um, well,
2: well, describe that. So, you mean the buildings fall down?
3: Yes. There you go. Well, they they it's it's like the earth opens up, if you will.
2: So, they don't fall down as in collapse. They're not collapsing. Here, let me rephrase that. So, normally during an earthquake when a building comes down, people are crushed within it, right?
3: Right. No. So that's just... what you're describing? I'm describing that the earth literally becomes almost like the sea and things start to sink.
2: So, you mean these buildings fall over without being crushed? Yes. So, so you're so the ground become. I mean, I mean, the only thing that comes to my mind is quicksand. Is that what you're talking about? The 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 soil becomes like quicksand.
3: That's one description.
2: Okay, because if that's what you're talking about, you do realize what would happen underneath the Great Lakes if that happened to the soil under the Great Lakes, Joe.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would, it would swallow them up.
2: It would literally absorb them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I wonder... I mean, you and I can't be the only ones that's come to this conclusion. I mean, surely there's got to be eschatology experts out there somewhere that has declared that, yeah, um, God really wasn't lying. Um, He really is going to do this in Psalm 97, verse 5, what he said. What what he said he's going to do in Psalms 46, verse 6, he, he's, he's really going to do that. Because it's funny. I've never heard anybody say that. Have you?
3: I, I don't want to say that there's not, because I only speak one, one language. But you know to to be fair to to others out there that maybe speak multiple languages that are listening to us right now saying yes i'm on your i'm on page with you but to the western world and 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 just to the english language no i have not
2: well at least you're honest um you know and um, do we got time to read 11 verses yeah Okay, all right. Well, we're just going to read Psalm 46 because, you know, I got a feeling that the Lord is not going to respect you, Joe, because he don't respect me either. I found this out a trillion times because every time I read the Bible, he just tells me whatever, you know, whatever he wants to say. Right. I mean, he doesn't stop and ask me how I feel about a topic. I mean, he may you, but he doesn't me. He just doesn't respect me. He just comes right up to me and just, bam, gives it to me. Amen? Amen.
3: No, I, I I haven't had that. <laughs> okay, so, all amen. right. Well,
2: well, let's see what he's got to say. Uh I you know, I got a feeling somebody's going to talk about it that knows exactly knows exactly what's going to happen. Um let's see here. Verse 1. For the choir director, a psalm of the sons of Korah set to Amenorth, a song. Yeah. I told you, Joe. I told you would be somebody that would know what was going on. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. I'm sorry. <laughs> this reminds me of the birth pangs. But anyway, um, verse 2. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. I'm going to pause right there. Uh, I know what he's talking about and I know where that's going to come from and I bet you he's going to finish the verse that way. Let me see. Maybe I'm psychic. The holy dwelling places of the Most High yeah, we just talked about that. That's that water that flows from uh, God's throne. Actually, verse five: God is in the midst of her; she will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Uh oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you ain't no, I need to. I need to go ahead and finish. Uh, verse six: The nations made an uproar; the kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice; the earth melted. By the way, what was that gathering of nations there? Yeah, that was the mighty Assyrian getting ready to invade the Holy Land. He does it and God just told you what he does. Verse 7. The Lord of Hosts is with us. Now, John, I'm going to stop right here. Um have you ever heard Jesus called the Lord of Hosts? Has that ever been ascribed to Jesus?
3: You kind out say that again.
2: Have you ever heard Jesus referred to as the Lord of Hosts? No sir. No, of course you have not. Whenever you find that in the Old or New Testament you let me know. Okay? Cuz he he was just he was just slapping us both in the face. The Lord of Hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Silla, Come behold the works of the Lord who has wrought Desolations in the earth He makes wars to cease To the end of the earth He breaks the bow And cuts the spear in two He burns the chariots with fire Cease striving and know That I am God I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth The Lord of hosts is with us The God of Jacob is our stronghold Joe, did you hear what the Lord your God said? Comments.
3: He just said everything we talked about.
2: Yeah, and you realize that he made, well, let me read that last verse again. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, Selah. The only time that's ever happened is during the Exodus, Joe. Yep. Okay, and in that window of opportunity, you could only perceive the Lord your God as a vortex. Amen? Amen. Okay, I mean, it was a whirling wind, a tornado, whatever anybody was, this is what he's saying. And by the way, just so you know, Joe, this hasn't ever happened. Okay, let me... Right. Let me be very clean with you. I assure you that what he just described never happened in the country of Egypt. Never happened, buddy. Now, he's obviously referring to that, but he's talking about the whole earth. Mm -hmm. So, he just literally come out and told you, well, we're going to title this chapter. Would you title this chapter um, The Day of the Lord? Yeah, I would. You wouldn't title this the Day of Jesus? No. 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 No, no, you wouldn't. So, why has this been dislocated out of the tribulation timeline, Joe? Because, let's talk about this. There are basically, you know, basically, you know, two kinds. There's those people that believe that the prophecies are future and there's those that believe that all the prophecies are in the past. Let's take the book of Revelation. The people that say all the prophecies are in the past, they say that what the book of Revelation describes is the destruction from 70 A.D. Right? That's what they say. The other people say that all these prophecies are in the future, and both of them better figure this out. This chapter ain't happened yet. Because... Um, well, what's the big ruckus that we got going on in mainstream news right now about um, about this country that people are trying to evacuate from because we was over there making war, right? Well, Right. Well, well, I'm sorry, but verse 9 says, What? He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. Do you not understand what that said? So, of course there was, well, even, let's say, uh, the Yom Kippur War, right? Mm-hmm. That did happen, right? Yes. And you're absolutely sure that World War Two actually happened?
1: A hundred percent.
2: Okay. So if you're saying that this already happened, you're calling God a liar. Ladies and gentlemen. And you better not be saying this is Jesus because he said the Lord of Host. He stated it multiple times so that you would get a hint about who he was talking about. He repeatedly said the God of Jacob. He repeatedly said that. He repeatedly said that. And it's just funny, he just happens to mention here uh, that the river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling. I mean, he literally comes right out and tells you. That's never happened. You're lying if you say it ever happened, Joe. I don't care who you are. You're a liar if you say this, this chapter's ever happened. It just hasn't. So, you know, if you've never looked, Joe, um, you've probably listened to a lot of Bible prophecy programs, haven't you?
3: Um, I will do specific searches to see.
2: <laughs> You'll do specific searches. So, in those specific searches, have you ever seen Isaiah or Psalms, the forty-sixth chapter? Mentioned in eschatology.
3: No, they don't even get that far.
2: They never get that far.
3: Right right out, right out of the gate, it's it's just cut off. It's just cut off right out of the gate. So, I mean, as soon as you say it's allegory, it's 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 done.
2: Then it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Hmm. Need to do a shout out to Kimberly, Uh, she is over there on Spreaker Um, and God bless her Um, everybody needs to know that I'm not very good at pushing buttons so I just now saw um, that she had chatted Um, so please forgive me uh, Kimberly during a live program you can go to uh, Spreaker, even through the Spreaker app that's probably the best way to do it and uh, chat live Um, So, um, I'm going to do a quote from Kimberly, um, and and, and it's obviously, now that I'm sitting here looking, I I know why the Lord my God provoked me to to look over here. Uh, Kimberly stated 13 minutes ago from Spreaker.com, where did the allegory or symbolism interpretation come from? I feel like a lot of people believe the entire Bible is true, but assume many things are symbolic that aren't meant to be symbolic, because that's how they were taught. I agree, Kimberly, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Um, yes, that's how they were taught. That's how they were taught, but if they would have just picked up just not just Psalm 46 but you, you know let's just talk about 12 verses from Ezekiel chapter 47 there is no way you can allegorize that away there's, there's no there's nothing possibly he could be giving a spiritual meaning to Kimberly that doesn't even make sense that doesn't even make sense there's no allegory you could put to those 12 verses. There just isn't. So, you know, we talked about this this very day in a WI2C radio, which was done via Google Meets uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. He gives you reasons and rhymes in the book of Thessalonians as to why people have been taught this. He comes right out and tells you comes right out and tells you how to prepare for it Um, wow so that's why Kimberly um, so everybody needs to read not only 1 Thessalonians but 2 Thessalonians You, you need to read it because the entire all of it is to prepare you for what is to come All of it. That's why God wrote it. Joe, did you know God didn't write the Bible to confuse you? Absolutely. I mean, I know that's an amazing thing to hear. But I'm not lying to you, ladies and gentlemen. The only reason why he wrote Ezekiel chapter 47, the first 12 verses, he actually wanted to tell you how the earth is going to be fresh watered in the millennial kingdom of Christ. And you understand, Joe, he come right out and told you there weren't going to be seasons. Now, he only said that, ladies and gentlemen, he only said that if, if you had the ears to hear and the eyes that could see. He literally come right out and told you that. Now, it's very plain in the text. <laughs> it, it really is. It will jump right off the page and bite you. Because he gives detailed descriptions there, what's going to happen. And he says quite plainly that um, their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. N- n- now listen, Joe, you have to believe the Lord your God, okay? Okay. Right. They will bear every month. What does that mean, Joe? How could they bear every month?
3: We're at zero degrees, man.
2: That's right. There is no seasonal changes. That's the only thing it could mean. We've literally been stabilized into climate control. The only singular way that can happen is if we are at a zero degree axial tilt. They come right out and tell you know. Don't you understand, Joe, that you came up with liquefraction by reading God's word, believing what he said, and you went looking for mechanisms that would cause that, right? Yep. And that's the key, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care if you understand it. Understanding is irrelevant when it comes to God's Word. You need to believe it. And once you believe it, He'll explain it to you later. But if you don't believe it, you're never going to understand it. Never. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to write that down somewhere. Because the Lord, He is God. And what comes out of His mouth, you can take to the bank. That's what's going to happen. And in that order. And He always repeats the order, by the way. He repeats it. Over and over and over and over and over. And you know what? It's amazing how people quote certain passages in the Bible. You know... Let me do this. Let me jump down here. I don't know, do they even want to cross this? You know, I, I really do. I have to say this. And You know what, ladies and gentlemen? If you are a God-fearing, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching Christian, I'm not trying to step on your toes, but I'm going to read this verse. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. There is no description from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, of any secret secret return of Christ. It doesn't exist. Let let me say that again. I'm going to prove to you there's no secret partial return. I'm going to prove it to you. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret counsel to His servants, the prophets. There is no such prophecy of millions of people just disappearing. There's no such thing. So. Joe, your closing comments, please, and how people can get a hold of you by all means.
3: Uh, Closing comments. You know what? Um, Go back and listen to this again. I, I don't know how many shows I've listened to that... I needed to listen to 5 10 25 times. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't you put your ego aside. If you got to read it uh, 25 times, it, it doesn't matter. But he will lead you to all truth. You just have to be willing to, to, to let him do it because once you take his hand, once 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 you let him lead, Man. Believe it. Just believe it, please. You can get a hold of me. And I ask that you do. If you have questions, I'll, I'll, I'll give up whatever time. And and right now things are hectic, but it doesn't matter. You can get a hold of me at... Uh, my email is whatfor, the numerals 401, at gmail.com. You can find me also on, uh, I think, my last thing that I really stay on is Facebook and that's nine. Uh, but uh, what4401 gmail.com
2: alright ladies and gentlemen Joe is a minister with myself on Maranatha Ministries go check it out wi2c.com I'm so done with Facebook it's ridiculous um We just downloaded Google Chats. Um, Gethsemane downloaded it on my ancient laptop from 2010 uh, that uh, our sister Jenny got for us. Um, God bless her. And she just downloaded it on my iPhone. Uh, So that's how we're going to be communicating from here on out. I'm not doing it with Facebook. So everybody might want to get Google Chats and... um, how you're going to be able to chat with me and Joe on there uh, is going to be. He already gave you his email. That's the Gmail that he's going to be using for the Google chats. I will be using Unbound or uh, Bible Unbound at wi2c.com. Let me say that again: Bible Unbound at wi2c.com. So remember, there's two accounts. That is the. Uh, the business account, and then my regular Gmail is just Bible Unbound at Gmail. But if you send it there, I probably won't get it because I'll be doing all my public uh, things. You also need to get that uh, for Google Drive. We're putting stuff up on Google Drive right now, dockets and stuff that's free. You're going to be able to access to understand what's going on. To make a long story short, if you don't believe God's Word, there's nothing Joe and I can do. There's just nothing Joe and I can do if, if you refuse to believe it I, I don't I don't know what I can do. We could certainly do another couple of earth changes because we never even talked about um, you know the big Jurassic Park movie that you know they showed the whole world those little bubbles in the ember ladies and gentlemen do you know what they found in those bubbles because that's where you're going. I mean, I could go on all day about the coming earth changes. We just talked about one little bitty thing. We talked about the water that's going to issue from the Temple Mount. I Man, that's one little bitty thing. So.
3: Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I think we're going to have to keep going.
2: <laughs> just keep going. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't give the details to that cubit. You know, we found cubits. We know exactly. Well. I mean, we could describe... We never, Joe and I never even got to describe the Temple Mount because uh, if you need a hint, you ain't got a clue. Uh, what Ezekiel describes can't be put on the Temple Mount now. That's a joke. And he gives you the exact dimension. So, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just rambling on. I just love God's Word. I just... My intimacy with it by force of its nature makes me love you if you got any questions about what god intends to do send me a message send joe a message we will both literally bend over backward to show you his wonders he's made it perfectly clear to his servants what he's going to do till next time ladies and gentlemen god bless Godspeed.